It's our first bi-coastal conversation on the pod. And it's not what you would have expected because I was supposed to be in California. But Well, you were in California. You were supposed to stay longer. You have responsibilities. I do. Yeah. Boring. Uh, so I'm here in um, a very New England Halloween vibe. <laughs> and wishing I was in California visiting Mr. Weinstein in the courtroom every day. Yeah, well, I'll be here for a while, so if you change your mind, you know where to find me. I hope it goes on so long that it butts up against my mom's business trip out there, which I'm crashing. Yeah, I, like, hate when you say that. Like, why would you wish me a two-month trial? Like, I miss my cat so much. Like, no, this is I know. We'd have to figure out a way to teleport Carmen, but... I know. It would be really chic if you could visit me at my mom's hotel. She's staying at like the Fairmont in Santa Monica, which maybe is one of Harvey's hotels. We don't know. I don't we think don't he ever beach. I don't think it, I don't I don't recall hearing about Fairmont Beach. Um I can't picture him anywhere near a beach. No. I had a dream last night because I've been thinking so much about um what Harvey means, like the true culture of it means to like civilization and religion and all of the things and like the antichrist. And I like dreamt about the Kardashians last night being in a court trial and I was reporting on them, but it was actually in a church and not a courtroom. Mm -hmm. And um, it just felt really, really poignant. I had a dream speaking of celebrity um, celebrities being in your dreams. I had a dream that I was in at some really psycho hotel party and Julia Fox was licking my leg. Like I looked down and she was licking my leg. No. Yeah. And I was fucked up like on drugs and having fun. I don't think I was scared. I was having a lot of fun, but she was licking my leg. Maybe we were being like, it was a photo shoot. I don't know. She was in like latex licking my yeah, legs. So like look up legs on dreammoods.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just like a sex Hollywood dream, but. I hope you're manifesting something. Yeah, me too. Um, I think maybe just this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, Harvey. Yeah, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I don't know. Do you want to, I mean. I've been at Harvey's trial all week, the first week of his L.A. trial. He um, has officially won the appeal for his New York trial. So we're just getting started with Harvey. Um, and his lawyers are amazing. They're really chowing these women down to bits and pieces. Um, but the thing is, like, what we're seeing is, like, nothing it's like not even relevant to like what's actually going on. Not to say that these women's stories aren't relevant, but like everyone is part of a bigger thing right now. And these people sacrificing themselves on the altar of Harvey Weinstein's perversion. Like I would want to stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah. Also. Okay. So just to go over it, the witnesses and the, um, are they, it's victims, right? (laughs) Well, um, they're alleged victims. They're alleged victims. Okay. Not all of them them have counts. Like one of them is from – the incident happened in Puerto Rico. So Mm -hmm. she's like a character, like a supporting witness. She's not like a victim who he can get counts to go to jail from that because it happened outside of Beverly Hills or L.A. And none of them are high profile, right? They – I think that they all are in like L.A. ways. But not in a on a um, 
they don't have like for instance in the Johnny Depp trial like first of all it was two celebrities but um like Kate Moss came through like we don't have any of that like Gwyneth Paltrow is no, we, dead. like no but Mel Mel Gibson will be there okay That's but funny. women any women who are like yeah, Gavin Newsom's wife he's the governor of California he's also Nancy Pelosi's nephew but none um, of the actresses no like isn't so what what do you make of that I make of it that like going in front of a court first of all it lasts years and years like these women filed this stuff in 2017 it's been five years it takes any court case about this conversation at least two years to go from first piece of paper to the very end. Like who it's wants to do that with yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, so I think that most women don't want to do it. And I think there's also like a, a complicated conversation about um, the currency of Hollywood and the power mm-hmm. that, um, that kind of like surpasses any law because there's like the the understanding of humans and then there's like the rules of law and like just were something. Yeah. Bringing the stories that they have about the way that um, Harvey Weinstein victimized them or raped them or what sexually assaulted them or tried to sexually assault them would feel for lack of a better word. And I don't know how to articulate this. So I'm just going to try would feel unnatural, like in a court of law. Like there would be too much to explain about all the different sides of it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working with a really great journalist who is super intuitive, House and Habit. And she was like, she's, she's encouraging us to look at the hotels. And so last night I was looking up all the hotels and um, – it takes a lot of articles from the last 10 years. There's no one article that puts everything together, whether it's because things slowly were being discovered or whatever. Like I was putting things together and like Harvey had these hotels, some of them really under his thumb, like the first two hotels, Beverly Hills hotel, he was kicked out of montage hotel. Wasn't having any of his shit. Like for years and years after years and years, he would like get kicked out of these hotels. Finally, Harvey, um, invested in a hotel called Mr. C's and it's owned by the same people that own Cipriani's. And we know already that Harvey uh, did a lot of fucked up shit at Cipriani's and to women uh, sexually harassing them. So it's like these wheels of power. And then you have like Disney who owned Harvey's company for 12 years. Disney let him go. Like you have all these people who are super complicit. You have all these CAA agents who are super complicit. So like for Harvey to be in court right now, just being like blankly yes or no, these things happen. Like it's not a yes or no question. It's like, how do you explain that everyone in in Hollywood since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. since Marilyn Monroe, like Marilyn Monroe is like, everyone loves to like have an altar to her, but like she is like the embodiment of like rape culture in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Like immigrants wanted to be her. Like everyone wanted to be her. And she actually was like the the darkest life ever. So, but she played the power game, the sex game of California and of Los Angeles and of Hollywood. So is Harvey supposed to explain like Marilyn Monroe? Like, what is he supposed to do? Right. And I think that Hollywood is the epitome of like how sexualized our country is and how like, um, 
like we're all, you know, everything is a sex cult ultimately. Like everything in America is hypersexualized and um, like our bodies are our currency. And especially um, in Hollywood where it's like uh, so glorified to be like the hottest person on earth. Mm -hmm. And the fact that uh, behind all of it is an ugly man. I don't know. Now I'm going on to something else, but like opening statements, his lawyers were like, if, if Harvey looked like Brad Pitt, this wouldn't be happening. And Harvey laughed out loud. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. So, so behind all of it is an ugly man. And I think it was really easy to rally behind that and to be like, how disgusting what but like everyone in hollywood knew that um that that he was behind everything but the general public did not like i didn't know who harvey weinstein was i knew i knew what miramax was um i knew like i there was no reason for me to know about big hollywood producers i knew about harvey weinstein because of um hit because of the accusations against him which is how most of america have found out about him um and yeah but then that but like goes back to your original question of like what is the thing that harvey has to explain what it what is it like that we're canceling or getting back to um what is it that we're destroying and what are we going to build after this because like what does this actually represent it's not people in la are still gonna be like everyone's like bisexual and like has a wife and a husband and like just like sex like LA is still gonna be LA or is it not like what what's going on I think it very much still is and I think that um I don't know like well I guess that question is how much power did Harvey have I think a lot yeah okay and so um like I think Ronan Farrow really fucked up his life and Ronan Farrow was represented by CAA and Harvey went to CAA and was like block this story and they were like we can't and I think it took a journalist like Ronan Farrow who was a like Hollywood nepotism baby Mm -hmm. who couldn't be intimidated out of something who couldn't buy him he already has a lot of money and like that's the irony of it is like the person that took down Harvey is the son of another Hollywood mega pervert huge I was just about to say it's fucking Woody Allen right right so, so like, I mean, that the the irony that Hollywood ended up taking down Hollywood. It's like it took like a like a disgruntled millennial who had a lot of trauma and saw Hollywood growing up like this close to his face. And Ronan was like, "I'm not growing up. Like, I'm not going to let the world continue to idolize these monsters who my dad calls his good friends." Ooh, I know. Okay, so I guess our what we you and I have been talking about is like obviously Harvey is and was and who knows what will become of him a creative genius. Right. Um you can't get to where he was at in Hollywood without um an artistic eye. Like he was the biggest producer with the biggest production company 
with all of the power. He played everyone like chess in Hollywood. He got to choose who was in what movie, what movie got greenlit by what studio, everything. Every big star in the 2000 – like all of the Academy Awards that I watched as a child, mm-hmm. they all thank Harvey, like got to thank Harvey. And I just kind of ignored it. I mean, who was Harvey? I don't know. Um, and – like, they'd be like, thank you, Harvey and Miramax. Thank you so much. Like, this plays in my head. Like, I do remember that very well. I mean, they literally said that God and Harvey were both mentioned the same amount of t- – or, or Harvey's mentioned more than God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Academy Awards, that's really bananas. Like, a really crazy fact. Yeah. I was watching a bunch of interviews of him this morning with Harvey this morning, and um, one of them – I think it was in like 2011 or something, or maybe 2015. I was going back and forth. 2015 is so close to when all of these, like this shit was building in 2015. Right, right. What'd you find? But he was sitting there. Um, He was, he, they asked him, Um, the interviewer asked him about like how important the award shows are to his production company and to like the, what he um makes, like the movies he makes. And he was, like, extremely important. Like, the only way that anybody respects anything you make is if you're thanked in an Oscar speech or something along the lines of this. Like, you So w- bizarre. Yeah. I that know. not a real currency. What? You can't, like, buy McDonald's with that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. It all goes back to this. It's, like, this esoteric, like, weird – Um. right. It's very esoteric. It's, like, how – do we judge art? And then it's really interesting thinking about the way that um, award shows now are like so incredibly cringy to watch because they try so hard to be super inclusive and it's like so awkward. Like they'll be like, just for the sake of inclusivity in every category, like it's movies you've never even heard of. And you're like, this is so embarrassing because like we know that no one went to see this, but like, because the cast, like the one of the members of the cast is a transgendered per, person, a person of color, whatever. Like we have to throw it in. And it's like, I'm not saying that that, that movie and that it's person. Not it's not genuine. It's not genuine. But it's not genuine. We, we haven't caught up yet. Everything and art, art has to be genuine or it's like not happening at all. Exactly. So like, and that's the other thing. I think you and I spoke about this on the phone as well. It's like, um, there's all of these ways in which the things being greenlit now are um, just to please the algorithm. And I mean, when I say the algorithm, it's like the algorithm, yes, on Instagram and shit, but like the algorithm of the country, which is like, you have to have A, B, and C. Like, it, you know, you have to have one gay person. You have to have one person of color. You have to have a straight white male because we can't, you know, we're listening to them too. And then you have to have like, but but that's going to be like a small role and probably everyone's going to hate him in the movie. Um, And he's going to be the problem of the movie. Like there's all of these things that make the equation. And, um, and then it gets made. And everyone has to like sit back and clap awkwardly and be like, that was really good, right? And it's like the one person who says, no, it fucking sucked. You're like, well, that's racist. Don't say that. You didn't like it because it was a gay person was in it. Or you didn't like it because it was like about trans culture. And like you could never understand that as like a cis het whatever person. And it's like, no, I just didn't like it. So that goes back to the art. If art is being made from a genuine place, it doesn't matter 
what statement it's making. It's it's making something that resonates with everyone. Like it's a very specific thing that resonates with everyone because like the specific is universal. And the more true you are to yourself, whoever you may be as the artist, which is like you could be a straight white male, you could be a straight white female, whatever. Arguably, they both have the same bossy power in America right now. If Mm -hmm. maybe the straight white female has more actually. Um, But like, or is louder at least. Um, So it doesn't matter. You could be whoever. And if what you're saying is authentic to you and it's specific to your exact experience, then it's going to be better than these things that are pleasing the algorithm. Right. But then like, and, but how do we get back to the place where we're making great films when we're losing such a creative force? But yeah. that like is an actual energy pull. Yeah. Wait, what is? Losing Harvey. Yeah, completely. And also I want to say that in these interviews, he was like, um, I, well, I don't know. If Wait, don't before know. we get to the interviews, I want to review his 2015 interviews because Jess also told me they're really good. But the Met Gala is another example of like something that's similar to an award show where like people have told us too much. Like it's not actually fun. The the food portions are like a Cheerio and no one's eating all day anyways, because like getting into that dress and it's like, we're really pulling the curtain back on Hollywood and like looking for real genuine conversations and entertainment and reality TV is blown up so much social media. Like, I mean, don't we spend more time on our phones and watching TV now? No one's using TV anymore. So it's like, how are we going to transition art and entertainment? Because Digital is only growing. So are we not doing two-hour movies? Are we doing 30-second movies? Like, what happens next? And where is this? If Harvey ran movies, who's running social? Because it's definitely not Mark Zuckerberg. It probably won't be Elon. He's doing the car thing and the rocket ship thing. And, like, he might do Twitter. But whatever the hell he's doing right now has nothing to do with... I mean, it's different. Uh (laughs) Elon on Twitter right now? (laughs) Elon just bought Twitter, honey. I know. I'm sorry I called you, honey. Yeah, that was rude and condescending. That was really rude and condescending. I mean, Elon, I'm saying what he's tweeting right now. Well, he's he, like, fired a bunch of people at Twitter who, like, made him buy it. You can tell. Like, Elon's doing, like, this crazy shit with firing people, but also, like, don't you think you should be, re- like, keeping your image as good as you possibly can right now because there's, like, people are trying to defend you and you're like firing people who like need a job to like keep their family alive. Yeah. But he doesn't give a fuck. I know, but he needs to like, there needs to be some basic sense of humanity in tech because that's why people think everyone in tech is robots because they like lose the humanity part. Yeah. But Elon is their crown jewel because he's an autistic weirdo. <laughs> like he will never ever temper any of it. That's why he, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he's had, arguably, like he's gotten to the top of that, of of the game, whatever the game is, because, um, because of his eccentricities and because of his lack of humanity. Lack of humanity. And if lack of humanity makes you win in tech, then what makes you win in art? Which in America, the high, the highest form of art for us is Hollywood and movies. Yeah. Uh, like, and I guess it's, um, like 
being so in touch with humanity that you like take advantage of it, like that you're like a like a sex driven psychopath. Like I don't know. Wow. I mean, I I don't know. It's just interesting. Like the currency in Hollywood is your body. So I don't know. Like that's maybe why this whole tech era is like feeling weird in combination with cinema and and Hollywood and stuff. It's like intimidating what we know to be um, reliable entertainment. Yeah. So like, and the thing is with movies, um, it, it, it like without Harvey as it will be like a huge deal to have Harvey out of the picture. And with Hollywood, it will, it is a huge deal that Harvey is out of the picture with, and I look at other industries like music, like, who controls music? I mean, you know, that would be an interesting, who's going to be the person that falls in the music world. But I don't know that there are overlords in the same way because of things like Spotify. Really? I feel like that, that there's like such overlords in the music world that like it makes the film world look disorganized. I think that there's just a lot of overlords in the music industry. Yeah. And I think like, music is therefore, therefore it makes them not overlords. Like there's just a bunch of like really egomania. Like there's a lot of money and power and a lot of unexpected people holding that money and power. Like Diddy, like doesn't he control a lot of shit still? Like because of all the record labels he like, I don't know. It'd be interesting there because it's what? It's just so hard to have this conversation considering the current Kanye weather. And I just like have a lot of thoughts about whether black men in the music industry are as big a part of it as they want to be. It's hard to tell what's going on right now. It is hard to tell what's going on right now. And Kanye, we can't, we could do a whole episode on Kanye. I'm happy to talk about Kanye anytime, but yeah, I'm not um, because <laughs> I just feel like, that is so tricky. I want to wait a year. I'll do I'll do the Kanye in a year. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wait a year. He's getting it's it's way too much right now. Yeah. Um so, but anyway, what would it look like in the music industry must be a different conversation. But what does it look like when Harvey's out of the picture in Hollywood? And what does it look like? What does his contribution look his contributions? What do they look like? They're huge. Right. Like, what do you do with like you're really gonna put someone that has such creative genius in a jail cell alone the rest of his life to die. He has like five kids and um, you can't think of anything else to do like to punish him or you need to like really make this so dramatic and like a statement. I don't get it. Well, it's like, um, again, the crimes of Hollywood do not, uh, <laughs> how can they be punished by, our weird justice system that like the worst thing you can do to someone is put them in prison. Right. And like the fact that everyone's like, it was an open secret. It's like it, things can't be an open secret and also be surprising. Yeah. Oh, so, but wait, the open secret thing is it was an open secret in those circles, like in Hollywood. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if like, it was like everyone, you know, like in New York City right now, everyone knows like Mayor Eric Adams is just like 
hanging out and going out a lot and like not really working a lot and like just like living the his best life. Mm-hmm. And we probably wouldn't say it to his face if we met him. So that makes it an open secret, right? And like, mm-hmm. does that mean everyone in Hollywood knew about Harvey or just all the directors, the producers and the agents? Because they all have friends. They all have girlfriends, the actresses hang out. Like, it's so hard to tell, like, where the lines blurred. And, like, it's it's just so hard to tell. And there was this one, one of the witnesses, her name's Ashley. In the pretrial, the defense wanted Holly Madison from Playboy, from Hugh yeah. Hefner's former girlfriend, wanted Holly, Holly Madison to testify against Ashley to be, like, Ashley was at the Playboy Mansion every weekend. She was trying to like hang out with Hugh in the grotto all the time. Like that girl, like definitely always knew knew what was going on. And like, what like like, always wanted to fuck an old man. Was always willing to, whether she wanted to or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the whole concept of the Playboy Mansion, like, hello. What the fuck was that? Like, why like, was that okay? Because we'll he let you live for free if you walk around naked. That's basically what that was. Hugh Hefner was a self-proclaimed pervert, like, because he came out in his, he embraced, like, being like, I'm in a red robe and I'm a pervert who fucks young women. And we were like, that's okay, because you said you were. But, like, he was so glorified. And there was a show called The Girls Next Door. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, we, I, I don't get it. Like, how they had- predator they like, had this second house predators right literally they had a second house across the street for girls to live for free right. with the understanding that they could marry any rich desperate guy that came to those parties say that one more time the girls who like there was the playboy mansion then there was like a house across the street uh-huh and the house across the street like a dozen girls would live there at a time so whenever Hugh had a party, all those girls would go to the party. And Hugh, they didn't pay for rent and Hugh didn't charge them rent. He was like, you can live here for free, make my party seem cool, shoot whatever. And you'll probably meet a rich guy at these parties if you do a good job at like keeping up your appearance. So like that, again, is another example of yeah. Hollywood doing the exchange. Like Playboy literally was built on that exchange of energy. Yeah, it's interesting. And then it's also like, wait, hold on. I had a flash of a thought that I want to get back to. Okay, so so if it isn't um the Playboy Mansion and Playboy and all of that and the girls next door, like, isn't that just exactly what's going on in all of these circles of Hollywood? Way back to like um, even like wasn't Roman Polanski like and his parties, like, in the late 60s and stuff, like, kind of, like, they were, like, big drug sex parties, like, at his mansion before, right. Um, Isn't that just what's happening everywhere, but, like, wrapped up in something else? Like, it is. Like, when you watch Entourage and you see them go to the Playboy Mansion, it's literally the same exact as them being at at Vinny Chase's house. There's nothing different. And, like, I agree with you more. Like, they're not that stoked even to be there because they're like, well, we could do this at Vinny's house. Without like, her piercing. Right. So it's interesting. Like, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what I mean by that, but it's just that's. Well, and, and then it gets back to the conversation of the hotels. Like Harvey was an investor in a hotel. That's real estate. That's property. That's a place to sleep. So is the Playboy Mansion. So is Vinny Chase Entourage. Yeah. Anyone that has a mansion and like two people in their entourage, two people in their entourage, but their mansion has seven rooms. Like, right. It's not to store their clothes or to have an office. Like it's not for their accountants. It's like, so they can like, just like have their girlfriends and their friends, girl, the girlfriend's friends. And so you get back to the hotel conversation and then the, the hotel and sex. And then I'm going to go down the, I don't give a fuck pop culture rabbit hole. Paris Hilton is an heiress of a hotel fortune and is the first sex tape celebrity that we have. That was an exchange. She exchanged her sex for her fame. And then Kim Kardashian did the same exact thing. And the OJ Simpson trial was in the same courthouse as a Harvey Weinstein trial. And then it's just like, put that like that's Hollywood in a bow for you. And it's interesting because they, Paris and Kim tried to control the way that their sex tape got released because they saw that Pam and Tommy's sex tape got released, but they didn't capitalize off of the release of their sex tape. They didn't make any fucking money. And they were like, bitch, I'm going to make money off of it. So sorry, Pam. I feel for you. God bless. But like, you're so hot. You're so famous. So is Tommy. You guys should have made money off of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. You've never yeah. said anything that I, that more intelligent than that. I can't believe you. I, why do we always forget that that was mm -hmm. the blueprint for them? The that blueprint. they saw their friend Pam home home videos and they're like oh it was stolen oh my god kim's is almost exactly like pam and tommy's too um like kim's sex tape is her like there's so much focus on ray j's giant dick and like her like sucking his dick and her like it's very it's almost like she's imitating pam and pam was just doing that naturally mm. like pam was just like like the way that a lot of us would, but um, it like seems like when you're sucking your boyfriend's dick and he's filming it. Yeah. I've never done it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my parents are at home. I can say this. <laughs> but like, I mean, because what else do you do? You're not going to be like, ew, get this away from me. You're going to be like, I love <laughs> But the performance of that is very similar to Pam, what Pam is doing with Tommy. So it's like, I feel like Kim literally copied Pamela Anderson and hers. I think that Kim was able to reference both Pamela and Paris. And yeah, I've never, to be fair, seen Paris's. Have you? Yeah, of course. I downloaded it on my mom's MacBook, my mom's iMac, the blue iMac, like the loudest. Anyways, of course I watched it. Napster. Downloaded. I haven't. I don't know why. I mean, I, I haven't watched Kim's. You haven't? I think I seen like a bit when her her jaws like that, but I don't think I've like well, I don't I haven't watched it. I have. That's the difference between you and I. That's perfect. Well, Kim's a Libra and Paris is an Aquarius. Yes, I know. I'm obsessed with that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Wait. Hold on. That's amazing. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> Yikes. Wait. What is Paris's like? What is her life? What is hers like? Oh, it's like like a black and like a dark camera. It's like green and black, like mm -hmm. very grainy. And her eyes look like rec like her eyeballs are just like black. It looks like raccoon, but her hair is like bleach blonde. So like her hair is like very white, and her eyes are very black. And it's like 
very Satanistic and yeah, um, it's scary, right? She like kind of looks like an alien. A thousand percent. I love that. Kim looks beautiful. Beautiful. An Amazon Prime car just went by. Kim yeah. looks beautiful. Of course she did because she looks didn't drop she, dead. Didn't she film it twice? They say that's the rumor that she filmed it twice because Chris was like, you need to get a better angle. She must have not had her hair done. Well, I would imagine that she just wanted to film it again, but like Chris wouldn't care. <laughs> But she she's like a vain Libra like myself. And she'd be like, okay, but wait, if we're really going to do this, like, I, I don't look that good. Sometimes she looked amazing in both. <laughs> I'm like writing down the timestamps of every funny thing you say. And I'm like out of space. <laughs> but, okay. I just want to, I mean, we could talk about sex tapes forever. Yeah, unfortunately and fortunately, yes, we could. But I think that that's like another rabbit hole to go into, you know. Like, where, where's Anna Nicole and all of this? Because we know our girl somewhere here. I know. She's like rising up. She's like rising up from the grave right now. Should we like pay like five hundo to like a death medium to be like, I need to interview Anna Nicole Smith for the Harvey Weinstein. I would, you know, I would spend, I would empty my savings, which is not a lot of money, but one hundred percent. And Marilyn, I'd be like Marilyn. Oh my god. Like, Marilyn, what is it like to have a Netflix documentary come out about you that's basically just you being raped for 45 minutes the yeah. same month as Harvey Weinstein's Me Too movement? Norma Jean, what do you think? Like, Ew, did you watch it? I couldn't because it just all sounded so horrible. Did you watch it? No, it started to, and I was like, I would rather. After I realized what the major scene of that movie was, I, like, felt bad watching it. It felt like we didn't have consent to watch that. Totally. I feel like a lot of these biopics, um, I don't know if that falls into the category of a biopic, but I are just um, awkward for that reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The ones that I appreciate, I mean, I get that the Pam and Tommy series was, I, I don't, Pam didn't like that. I, I think that she felt very uncomfortable with that. But then it's awkward, like, watching the actors be interviewed about, like, how did you feel, like, um, because it's just, like, more Hollywood people playing Hollywood people. It's, like, Hollywood on Hollywood. Right. It's weird. Right. Like, what does Pam think about someone doing, like, and they had her have a a miscarriage in that show, too. And this girl, they idolize Pam. I'm like, she's never going to want to get coffee with you. Or if she does, it, like, definitely won't be. No one will know about it. Right. And it's like, imagine, so like. So that girl made more money off Pam than Pam made off Pam. Off of herself. It would be like somebody finding, like what when we're really famous and they make a podcast about our podcast and then we'll be like, wait, but we didn't, we're not, what? And then it like becomes yeah. a huge deal and it's two people playing us. Yeah. Yeah. And but- they find out about what ha- was hap- happening in our personal lives while we were making it. And then you're like, what? Dude, I know. I love thinking about that. I how I don't ever post any of my actual life on social. I'm like, if people knew my actual life, I wonder what. Yeah, and they could find maybe, maybe it's time for us to sell our bodies and our information. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm good with being broke. But no. um, I know. 
But it's interesting though, because that brings us full circle. If somebody came to you and was like, here's what it will take and you can make your art and I will give you like a platform. I mean, it's so irresistible for artists and especially for actors whose job it is to disassociate like when they're like, you have to do this. I'm, I bet a lot of the coaching that people got before they went, you know, hey, look, an agent had to send someone to meet Harvey Weinstein at the hotel lobby. Like there were people who allowed for this stuff to happen. Right. Um, And like that's where the whole accountability issue comes into play. It's like your agent calls you and you're like, you have to meet Harvey Weinstein at the Chateau. I know everyone says he's a creep, whatever. You just have to do it. And you're like, I'm scared. And they're like, everyone does it. Gwyneth Paltrow did it or whatever they say. Right. And you go and and you're alone with him. Like, I don't know. It A lot of pieces had to come together. Um, and it's like, if you just do this, and I'm sure one of the things that they said is like, pretend you're playing a role. You're just playing a role. Pretend that you love him. Right. Right. And then you think about like all, I don't know if this is like far-fetched, but I think about those agents, you know, going to dinner after with their friends and it's like, oh, I met this chick the other day. She's like, just moved here. And you're like, oh, she's going to blow Harvey. And like, yeah. And you like normalize it. Yes. And then like that person goes back and sees the girl and like, you know, there's so many, un- and that's how undertones are started is when people in power know things and don't say it, but like you can feel it in the air around you. Yeah. And um, when somebody makes the stuff, cause again, we have to say, it's not like he was a loser in terms of his um, creative accomplishments. Like he was very well respected as a producer because he produced like um goodwill hunting and the king's speech and yeah like all of these things that like ruled the academy awards you know ruled like our our minds and um back to the gwyneth paltrow thing really just maybe we'll wrap up on on this which is gwyneth paltrow said she never actually did anything with harvey that he would just say that and then recently jennifer lawrence did a video for vogue 73 questions do, do you know what I'm referencing? And they say, what's the craziest rumor you ever heard about yourself? And Jennifer Lawrence in Williamsburg, like two blocks from my apartment in this Vogue video. I've seen the Vogue video. Okay. But I didn't pay attention to the whole time. I She annoys me, but keep going. The Vogue asked Jennifer Lawrence, what's the craziest thing you've ever heard about yourself? And she looks in the camera and she goes, that I fucked Harvey Weinstein. Oh my God. 